Round three, how is everybody doing? This is the final one for the day, and this is a pretty interesting one. This was done yesterday, um, and uh, it's just nice to hear, I don't know, everything I've said for the last five years completely recited back to me, because that's literally what this video sounded like to me. Um, I don't even care if they used my, I, don't, I, I honestly, I don't even care if they used my channel or my, my, my content to put together some of this information. Cause it certainly sounds like they did. Um, it's just, just, I mean, and that's not me tooting my own horn, but toot toot motherfuckers. I mean, fuck. Uh, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm a little kind of blown away at, uh, at how well this was done, but I'm just going to say that I have, you've like, you can visibly see, like for those of you that follow along, you will know, you will, you will, you will hear very familiar stuff. Um, and I bet you if anybody wanted to pull up my, uh, my podcast, Alan Roberts Uncensored on Spotify, you could find lives that cover every single talking point that they've discussed here ad nauseum. Uh, so I'm, I really am just going to just get to it after I, uh, one word from our sponsor here. That's not it. And our sponsor is me. Uh, but if you wanted to get a 30 minute consultation, uh, or well us, I shouldn't say me, I should say us. Uh, we have uh, the link to a 30 minute consultation, but you can also join our app. You can join the app and have live pre-recorded classes, join the hunger management support group. You can follow along with my workouts on a daily basis, Monday through Thursday. I'm probably going to be adding some more. We have 14 this week, uh, 14 live classes is what we're doing uh, for people on the app, anywhere from TRX to restorative yoga, beginner all the way through advanced workouts, uh, live classes. My wife and I, um, it, this is the first year that we've been doing this where I've actually helped out with some of the classes and I'm thoroughly enjoying it, taking the workload off of her because she is the hardest working woman I've ever seen in my life. Um, but that is where you can get that. And also, I just wanted to, give me one second, tell everybody, when you are done here, this video, just like all other videos, will be taken off of this channel, off of YouTube, and it will be put onto my Uncensored podcast. Please go follow that. Please make sure that you, uh, uh, that you are following me on Spotify. That is where they let me say whatever the fuck I want, which is really what I'm looking forward to, really what I like doing. Um, so please do go follow that. Oh. Give me one second here. There we go. So please do. Uh, both of the previous videos from today, by the way, are up there already. And we are just going to get straight to it. For those of you that have been following me a while, you will understand what I say when this sounds like a lot like my content, like a lot like my content. Um, so here we go. Is modern medicine helping us live longer? I'm going to play this at 1.25 speed. Longer and healthier. Egovi helps us lose weight and keep it off. Or is there maybe a darker, more sinister agenda? There is a darker, more sinister agenda, and I've been saying it for years. Perhaps a longer, but sicker life? 
it's not even longer anymore. The average age of life expectancy in America has dropped rather uh, sharply uh, the, in the last couple of years. We, we are down to 75 years as the average age of life expectancy in America, which is pathetic when you look around the, the like look around the world. Big Pharma. By the way, my hat's off to Breaking Point. You guys did a fabulous job on this video. I, I know I, I know I was just jesting about like how uh, you used my content to uh, probably you know, the research work for all this. Uh, I know I was just joking about that, but I really think that they did a absolutely fabulous job on this video. Here we go. Big food, the mainstream media, we have a producer who's on a medical the government. I think that just about covers all the main culprits. Yes, is big pharma, big food, the mainstream media, medical professionals, and the government acting in concert to spew propaganda in an effort to make us all sick. I believe that that's almost a direct quote from me. I, and I'm not, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even joking. I believe that that's literally a direct quote from multiple multiple videos I've said that it is a cohorted, a concerted effort, but by big food and big pharma with uh, the healthcare industry, the government and mainstream media to in fact enslave everybody via illness. I, I, I seriously think that that's almost a direct, uh, a direct, yeah, he just took out the F-bombs. Yeah, he just didn't swear when he said it, but that's a direct quote for me. Let's go back to January 1st. It's typically the day where many people at least for a few days, muster up the strength to hit the gym, make a meal plan, get better sleep, to say that this is the year I'm finally going to get healthy. Now, curiously, that same evening, CBS 60 Minutes airs a segment about the obesity of... That is something I didn't point out. It was on January 1st that they pointed this out. The, the day that everybody sets a New Year's resolution, they put this out. ...epidemic ravaging the United States. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford, an obesity doctor at Mass General Hospital... An associate professor at Harvard Medical School says common beliefs about obesity are all wrong. It's a brain disease. It is? It's just such a liar. It's a brain disease. The number one cause of obesity is genetics. That means if you are born to parents that have obesity, you have a 50 to 85% likelihood of having the disease yourself, even with optimal diet, exercise, sleep management, stress management. So I'm going to say this real quick, and I've said this before. That is actually like a plea to not fuck fat people. Like, don't like if that's the truth, if you can't do anything about it, no matter your diet, no matter anything like that, no matter exercise, diet, anything like that, and they're just going to be fat and we are viewing fat obesity as a disease. That is, in fact, a, you know, uh, a, you're given reasoning not to sleep with fat people and have children with them because you do want to try to find healthy mates to have healthy children with. That is a biological imperative for the human species and any species. You look for the strongest, healthiest, smartest mates to, in fact, that you can get to have children with. And if it is just completely genetic, out of their control, blah, blah, all the lies that this woman just spewed, um, don't fuck fat people. I mean, like, like let, let's let's clean the gene pool of, of this massive disease that is burdening all of us. 
However, I am also going to point out that this woman says that no matter what people do, they can't lose weight because of their genetics. She is pimping a drug that makes people eat less. Notice the difference. Like, I think it's kind of funny, right? Where they are trying to tell people, it's not your fault. Take this medication, inject it into you for $1,300 to $1,500 a month. And don't worry about the thyroid cancer you might get and the pancreatitis and that you have to stay on it for the entirety of your life. Don't worry about all that shit, right? But I am saying, you know, with a very, with a product that is not harsh, that has four ingredients at clinically tested human doses that thousands of people are using right now. We have people reporting back, many people reporting back in weight losses of 30, 40% of their body mass in a year. Um, and I'm always saying it's the food. It's the food. It's what you're eating. Okay, this face, Leslie Stahl's face, is that not the look of, I don't know about that, man. But regardless, if obesity is in fact a genetic disease and nothing we do, eating right, exercising, sleeping well, does anything to help, the only logical conclusion we can draw is that the solution can only be medication. The drug Wagovi that you mm -hmm. inject yourself once a week with something like an EpiPen. What the medication does. It's part of a new generation of medications that brings about an impressive average loss of 15 to 22 percent of a person's weight. And it Which is not a great weight loss when you consider it's a year, uh, a year or 14 months to 16 months in time. That's not an act. That's not a very good weight loss percentage. Just FYI. Uh, I, it's kind of actually kind of mediocre. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Any weight loss is good weight loss, but that's not impressive. It's just it's not, especially for this. This woman, this woman could lose 15 to 20 percent of her body mass, still be fat as fuck. Still, she'd still be fat. She would still be fat. That helps keep it off. So the message from the mainstream media is pretty simple. Obesity is a disease. Take a drug. Yep. But is that the whole story? Nope. Let's start by taking a look at this chart, data from the CDC showing the obesity rates of American adults, which was virtually non-existent in the 1950s, is now projected to hit 50% by 2030. Which I've said this multiple times before also, how is it genetic when, when even when, when I was in high school, there was like a fat kid in, in my class of 500 people, like one, like actually two. And they both like, now that I look back on it and I know everything that I know about like nutrition and health and stuff like that. I can very clearly tell like the girl probably had outrageous, like out of control PCOS and probably hypothyroidism. And the kid uh, was probably, and the, the guy I'm talking about, I mean, he, he I, when you look back on it, he clearly had depression and emotional issues and a horrible family life now that I think about it, you know, like. Get that half of Americans will be obese in just a few years time. Now you and I, we may not be a well-credentialed doctor like Dr. Fatima Cody Stanford of CBS fame. I don't work at General Mass, no, I don't me either. Harvard Med, me but it's odd though, because unless the human race experienced some kind of quantum leap in genetics, there must be something else we're doing that is destroying our metabolic health. Right, like no asteroid flew past and like changed our genome. Like no, like it, there was no like, you know, not that we know of no, like other, oh, the dimensional shift idea because people are so fucking crazy right now. But uh, I mean, like stuff like that, like it's not genetic. Okay. It's just not like anybody that says like, well, some people are just born in bigger bodies. No, you're fucking not. You glutton yourself. Get there faster. 
Kelly Means is a former pharma consultant and co-founder of a company that promotes food as medicine. Recently, he spoke to our very own Crystal Ball and Sagar Jetty, and he offered this perspective. I believe our, our food system is rigged and our healthcare system stands by and profits from that. Yes, yes it does. By... Yes, it does. I've said this also, and I've talked about this young man too. He was on uh, uh, Russell Brand's show. But yes, absolutely. It's absolutely true, 100%. It's very clear. We subsidize sugar. We subsidize sugar by like $5 billion a year. Sugar. They're getting ready to bail out Coca-Cola, the company, Coke. They're getting ready to bail them out with taxpayer money. Why are we bailing out a company that, that does not do anything but hurt the American people? Like, it's ridiculous. Examining our food system. The average child is eating 100 times more sugar than they did 100 years ago. 100 times more sugar than they ate 100 years ago. The average child, that's a staggering ass statistic. The average child is eating 100 times more sugar than they did 100 years ago. I would also like to point out the correlation between like people diagnosed with ADHD, which most of them likely are not. Most, most children that people think have ADHD are probably just high on fucking sugar. It's insane. But instead of actually changing their diets, we just medicate children. And then they become from the early age of like six to eight years old, they become lifelong prescription users. You're a cash cow. And then we'll put the put the child on Adderall and the Adderall is addictive. So they're on that forever. And then then that leads to other problems, other health issues that they need that, that another medications for. Get there faster, people. Researchers say sugar is basically as addictive or even more addictive than cocaine. Yep. Sugar activates the opiate receptors in our brain and affects the reward center. Every time we eat sweets, we are reinforcing those neural pathways causing the brain to become increasingly hardwired to crave sugar, building up a tolerance like any other drug. I have said this multiple times before. I have talked about how sugar is an addictive substance and we should treat it with the same care as we do alcohol. It is one of the tenets of our coaching. It is one of the tenets of, uh, of what Crystal and I talk about all the time. It is absolutely an addictive substance. We have had people almost have to get hospitalized from DTs, from, from sugar withdrawals in our coaching. This is not a joke. It is a seriously highly addictive substance that we market towards children. Now, some of you out there are probably saying, I have really good self-control. I don't drink soda. I don't eat candy. Ergo, I don't have a sugar problem. But oh, yes, you just might. Yep. Are you a fan of barbecue? A quarter cup of barbecue sauce has on average 16 to 20 grams of added sugar. What about salad? That's healthy, right? Well, oftentimes, nope. light salad dressings replace fat with sugar. For yep. example, two tablespoons of this light honey French dressing has 11 grams of added sugar. You think you're getting Crazy. your day started off right with multi-grain cereal? Although it may not have bright colors, chocolates, or marshmallows, many popular brands of multi-grain cereal have between 6 to 14 grams of added sugar per cup. Think about and, it. If you are a food industry... And tell me anybody that eats three-fourths of a cup of, of, of cereal. Anybody. Cereal, breakfast cereal, is a bullshit fucking... Uh, it has probably been responsible for more health problems than anything else. Breakfast cereal. No shit. Executive. Bonuses on the line. Shareholders demanding astronomical growth quarter after quarter. What do you do to get a leg up on your competitor? Well, you add sugar to your products to make them more addictive so people buy yours and not your competitors. And then they try to one-up you, and all of a sudden, sugar is everywhere. Yep. But it's not just sugar. Nope, it's not. But this what. Ever see someone diagnosed with diabetes and heart issues have to cut sugar carbs in their diet? It's straight up withdrawal, they feel. Yep, I, absolutely, 
you know, the foundation of our diet. And it's really taking me a while to even understand this. We know our diet is bad, but the foundation is added sugar. It's mm -hmm. processed grains. And processed grains didn't exist until 100 years ago. The processing totally changed. It takes the fiber off. Fiber. What is fiber? Well, it's a type of carbohydrate. So just to point out again, I even had to, like just a couple weeks ago, I did the, like, and I've done this several years in a row now, 15 days to slow the spread of obesity. Only eat whole foods that you can cook on your grill yourself. Nothing that tastes sweet before the, uh, before the, you know, the evening after your main meal, protein focused, protein first, then protein with non-starchy vegetables. If you have a third meal, then add the starchy vegetables. And if you still want something sweet, a piece of fruit in the end. Nobody needs bread. Nobody needs flour. Nobody needs cake. Nobody needs sugar. You do not need these things. You do not need carbohydrates even. You don't. You're going to ingest some through some vegetables, just to get the other phytonutrients and micronutrients and macronutrients from them. But nobody needs sugar and nobody, definitely nobody needs bread, flour, anything like that. Nobody needs it at all. Hydrate that is found in plant-based foods such as fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, and seeds. According to the Mayo Clinic, eating a high fiber diet helps you maintain a healthy weight and lowers your risk of diabetes, heart disease, and even some types of cancer. But for some reason, fiber has almost completely disappeared in a lot of our most popular food products. Products you might buy thinking it's full of fiber. Yep. Cream of wheat cereal, it's got the image of a wheat stock right across the top. But if you go to the nutrition label, it's got almost no fiber. Sad. Uncle Ben's whole grain brown rice. Whole grain. Somehow it's got whole grains, but if you go to the nutrition label, little to no fiber. Nature's Harvest White made with whole grain. Once again, whole grain all over the packaging, but little to no fiber. So while many of us have been told over and over again about the benefits of eating fiber, sometimes known as nature superfood, almost nobody is getting their daily dose of dietary fiber. According to the NIH, only 5% of people in the U.S. meet the Institute of Medicine's recommended daily target of 25 grams for women and 38 grams for men. Why? Because the food industry isn't incentivized to make food healthy. It's incentivized to make food addictive. Yes. 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 I've said this many, many times. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. Many of these ultra processed foods are almost pre-chewed for us. They melt in your mouth immediately. There's no protein. There's no water. There's no fiber slowing them down. It's going to hit your taste buds and light up your reward and motivation centers of the brain immediately. Then there's a secondary hit of dopamine when it gets absorbed into the body. So the pleasure receptors, the very second you taste it, for some people, even when they smell it, and then when it gets into the system, a dopamine hit. That's a drug. That's a drug. Oh my goodness, over the last half century, the R&D divisions in these food companies have morphed into narcotics laboratories. They've found a way to hack our brains and make a killing, both figuratively and literally. I mean, because of all the food that we've been eating, some of it criminally mismarketed, half of the country is now sick. And guess who gets to play hero? Common side effects are nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, constipation, stomach pain, headache, tiredness, upset stomach, dizziness, feeling bloated, belching, gas, stomach flu, and heartburn. That's right. The healthcare system that includes healthcare services, pharma services, payers, manufacturers, and providers. Yep. According to market research done by McKinsey and Company, profits across the entire healthcare industry are projected to skyrocket from $558 billion a year in 2021 to almost $700 billion by 2025. That's because they know they have you. Like they know they have us. Like we're sickly people. We're weak, pathetic, fat, addicted to their pharma and addicted to their food. Like it, 
you can't possibly think that they're not going to take advantage of this, especially when they've purchased all of fucking Washington. Like, the government subsidizes these people with our money. We are paying to have the entire population be fat, sick, and addicted. It's incredible. Now, that's a lot of money, but according to Cali Means, it's not the money that's necessarily the problem. It's the incentive structure. Yes. The problem with healthcare is that 95% of costs are interventions on people that are sick. Yes. That's how healthcare works. It's sick right care. Now. Every single institution is incentivized for more Americans to be sicker for longer periods of time. Now, I don't think there are that many evil people in the system, but that's exactly what's happening. Incentive speak is larger than any one person. So not any different than. I mean, that's what that's why I always say what Crystal, myself, Mark, what Ambrosia Collective, what we do, we are healthcare. That is sick care. We try to take care of your health and make it so you don't need the sick care by drinking a half ounce to an ounce of fluid per pound of body mass, non, non-alcoholic, non-caloric fluid, by getting in plenty of good sleep, appropriate fitness level activities, by managing your hunger so you can then eat at a good caloric range with plenty of micronutrients and macronutrients that your body needs to then attain optimal health without the needs of pharmaceutical medications. That's why no morbidity is made to be able to be used to help yourself control your hunger and control your stress. And then once your habits are built up, so like while you're using it, you should be trying to build up good healthy habits of hydration, sleep, stress relief, mindful eating. Then you can wean yourself off it. Go from three capsules a day to two capsules a day to one capsule a day to no capsules a day and see how and see how that goes. Like, that's why we've done this this way, because we are health care. They are sick care. And the military industrial complex's willingness to trade human lives for profit, the $700 billion healthcare industry is wholly predicated on large swaths of. The- and that's $700 billion profit. Profit. The population being sick. Remember the CBS 60 Minutes segment on obesity where Dr. Stanford claimed on national television that obesity is a genetic brain disease? It's a brain disease. Turns out, in the 13-minute segment on weight loss drug Wagovi, the only medical experts interviewed by CBS were doctors who had received thousands of dollars in consulting fees in honoraria from Novo Nordis, yes. the maker of Wagovi and Ozempic, and the sponsor of that broadcast. Dr. I did a whole video about that, uh, like pretty much ripping it apart um, again. Like enough, no, like even if they did use my, I don't, and I just joke, I don't think that they actually used all my content to like actually put all this together. Although for those of you that have watched my content, does it not sound like a rendition of what I've been saying for the last three years? Dr. Cody Stanford herself received over $15,000 from Novo Nordisk in 2021, the most recent year for which data is available. Yeah, so imagine so it's, I imagine it's a lot more than that now. One medical professional in the 60-minute segment mentioned the concerning finding that for Ozempic and Wagovi patients, a third of weight loss came from muscle, bone mass, and lean tissue. I've seen, I've seen people talk about like scans as high as 66%, where you actually end up getting fatter even though you weigh less because your body fat percentage goes up because you lose more lean mass then you do body fat. That's completely insane. That is not even being discussed. It's insanity. It's also not an accident that not one nutritionist was interviewed about food and no one questioned the impact of the plethora of food products that are marketed, sold, and eaten by consumers in the US but banned in most other modern industrialized nations. Yep.
We, we like there's many things like like this uh, this macaroni and cheese right here. It has uh, the coloring agents are not even permitted in other places. These lightly salted potato chips have a horrible ingredient of BHA and BHT and frosted flakes. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, bread that's that's yoga mat arsenic. And some of the chicken, they put it in the chicken. It's not, it doesn't come from a chicken and put it in it. Synthetic hormones in milk, potassium bromide in all-purpose flour, and brominated vegetable oils are in Mountain Dew and sodas. It's fucking crazy. It's not an accident that the program never disclosed that Novo Nordisk, together with Eli Lilly, have at least 12 more obesity medications in development and that the two companies are spending roughly $10 million annually on lobbying. A primary focus of that lobbying is the proposed Treat and Reduce Obesity Act, which has been introduced in congressional sessions annually since 2012 and would require Medicare to cover, among other treatments, chronic weight management drugs. If that gets passed, I'm just letting you know, if that gets passed and they start putting uh, the Novo Nordics and Eli Lilly products, if they start getting paid for via our Medicare, Medicare and Medicaid and stuff like that, it's going to add a trillion dollars onto our shared healthcare expenditure a year. It will crush, crush the economy, absolutely crush the economy. It is why I, and I am the opposite proponent. I am, if you do not control yourself, if you do not take every step possible, we shouldn't be paying for any of your prescriptions. If you are just going to be fat as fuck, if you're going to still eat this bullshit and not try to recover from it and do everything you can to recover from it. We should not, it should not be a shared healthcare expenditure. This is, this already is socialized medicine. They're just not get like for the amount of money we pay in America, other countries would have free healthcare for everybody, but we have so many sickly people and our healthcare expenditure is so admin heavy, meaning like there is so many administrative costs when it comes to every little thing for a hospital, for a hospital stay, for everything like that. Like 50% of the 50% of the costs are admin costs instead of operation costs. That is a broken system. It is a perfectly executed game of 4D chess. Yes. Let me explain. The food industry makes billions of dollars selling food that's known to be toxic and poisonous, making yes. millions of Americans sick in the process. And they get subsidized by, by the American government. Healthcare industry, in this case, gets to play hero, while also pocketing billions of dollars selling a supposed miracle drug to millions of adults and children. Yes. Both of these industries have worked out a little deal with the federal government, Congress, with lobbying money, with funding for the FDA, so that they can rewrite science and continue to sell food that is known to be toxic and poisonous. The nutrition- That's all true. Coalition found that conflicts of interest on the 2020 Dietary Guideline Advisory Committee were pervasive. 95% of committee members had at least one conflict with the food or pharmaceutical industries. The most frequent and durable corporate connections were with Kellogg, Abbott, Kraft, Mead Johnson, General Mills, and Dannon. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. So the corporations that make the poisonous food are the ones that are suggesting what foods Americans eat. That's absolutely 100% completely fraudulent. Our federal government does not have the best interest of the people in mind. They have the best interest for the profits of these corporations. Our federal government has abandoned the American people, in my opinion. And I really mean that. They've abandoned the American public. They've abandoned their bosses. That sounds like quite the racket to me. 
But how is such a racket allowed to continue? It was a three-part playbook. We went directly to the NAACP and the Hispanic Federation, very respected civil rights groups, and it was a quid pro quo. The Coke paid them millions of dollars and they labeled the opponents racist. And that shuts down today. And according to means, the same playbook being used again today. Novo Nordisk is paying the NAACP to lobby on their behalf to say opponents of lifetime obesity injections such as Ozempic and Wagovi are racist. Now, notice, uh, I did not, I, that is one I have not done, but also he said lifetime obesity injections because once they go on them, they stay on them. Period. They want to keep you on it. So lifetime injections and anybody that stands against it, like me, somehow is labeled as a racist. The implication is that the lack of access to a drug such as Ozempic is an example of, quote unquote, systemic racism and oppression. In addition, Novo Nordisk has also funded articles in leading research journals advocating for the government to subsidize their drugs to address racism. That is quite the playbook. But is there a solution to all of this? Because I think it would be irresponsible to simply point out all of these problems without offering a solution. There's a couple of things that I think are absolute no-brainers. I think this is the bipartisan issue of our time. The first solution, he said, would be for the FDA to revise the recommended added sugar for kids to zero. Right now, yes. the FDA actually recommends... Yes, we should, we should not give sugar to children. Like, it should be treated like it's alcohol. We should not give sugar to children at all, whatsoever. Up to 50 grams of added sugar per day based on a 2,000-calorie diet. Means a second suggestion, the federal government should eliminate subsidies for unhealthy foods. Yes. Right now, more than half of SNAP benefits are taken by retailers for meats, sweetened beverages, prepared foods and desserts, cheese, salty snacks, candy, and sugar. Just 23.9% go for fruits, vegetables, grains, nuts, beans, seeds, and spices. Let's reform food stamps. Again, that, that's, a, that's a program that 15% of Americans depend on for nutrition. 10% of it goes to sugar water. I don't think we, we should be paying tens of billions of dollars to subsidize them for kids. Alas, we all know the old adage, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And what I mean by that is I'm only here to ask questions, inform, and connect the dots. So ask yourself this. All the technological advancements and public policy decisions of the last half century, have they contributed to promoting a longer and healthier life or a longer and sicker life? Thank you for watching. Great job by this guy. I will just point out this. I, I also have a video talking about how our public health officials have in fact failed and it's very clear. We have never been fatter, sicker, more dependent upon drugs than ever before our actual uh, expected age of average age of life expectancy is going down. So whatever public health is doing, pharmaceutical is doing, and the healthcare industry is doing, is in fact showing that it is ineffective and in fact bad for the American people. We need to get back to eating whole foods. We need to get back to a lot of people growing some of their own foods. We very much need to get as many people off of daily pharmaceutical or weekly pharmaceutical medications as possible. If you are on a medication because you have a lifestyle-driven chronic illness, meaning you eat too much, drink too much, or smoke too much, you are in fact a slave to these people and you are enslaving all of us with your inability to adult. So I, uh, I've been on for a long time today, so I'm probably I, this has been on for 30 minutes. I just wanted to point out to the Breaking Point people, a great video even if it was just a rendition of everything I've said for the last four years. Uh, I appreciate you motherfuckers. They probably have no idea who I am, but I can say this. I'm very, very, very pleased to see that many more people are starting to talk about this, and it's not just me anymore. And it's not just me and just a very few others.
because the actual impact of how bad our health is in America is undeniable and it needs to be addressed right now, right now. Like, I mean, we, we are over the tipping point. There is not going to be a situation in the future where there is not some mass die off. I mean, we are already past that. We have a bunch of people like 30 years old and under that weigh 400 pounds. There is not, there is going to be a mass die off at some point in time. The average age of life expectancy will continue to go down because these people that have been fat for over half their life and they're only 30 years old, they're not going to live past 50. Especially, especially if we do not correct the ship on what they've been doing to their bodies. But to be fat from the time you were a child until an adult is very deliterous. It's bad for your brain. It's bad for your body. It is almost impossible to be hormonally healthy. And, and you, it is almost impossible to lead a long, happy, healthy life. You need to be very serious about it. If you are, if you've been fat all of your life and you are 30 years old, you have to get it right now. You cannot kind of do it. Get your shit together right fucking now. Right fucking now. Because if you don't, you are just going to be a statistic. I mean, it's not even an if. It is an absolute when. You can also uh, follow me. I just posted this link to Uncensored. And there's two links to get no morbidity at either ambrosiacollective.com or tigerfitness.com. You can also get it at Vitamin Shop. And for those of you that just want to join the app or get a 30-minute uh, consultation, I'm going to grab that. Here you go. And you know what? Here's some month. This is a month-to-month coaching. Instead of just uh, instead of the three-month block, there's a link for month-to-month coaching there to make it more affordable for somebody or if you just want to join for a month and see how it goes. Right there. We look forward to it. We have a couple slots available. But if you are one of these people that have been fat your entire life and you are having a hard time with your lifestyle and you've been fat the majority of your life, you need to get your shit together right now. If you want to have, a, if you want to see great grandchildren or you want to live to elderly age, get your shit together right now. Hope you all have a great day. I'll be back tomorrow. God damn.